Dreamers, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. She is a comedian, a world traveler, an economist, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast. Always a pleasure to have her with us, ladies and gentlemen, Kat Alvarado. Welcome, Kat. Hi, I'm happy to be here and happy to be alive in these COVID times. Or am I? There are so many reasons to, to justify. I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there, there are some very good reasons on both sides. Very good reasons <laughs> on, on both sides. Um, yeah, alive, not alive. You're here. And that's what's important. And we're, we're exactly. happy to have you here. Also, you. Oh, well, thank you. Also joining us this week, he is a comedian, a lover of guinea pigs, and intermittent dog walker. Always a pleasure to have him on. Ladies and gentlemen, David Rosie Rosenberg is with us. Hello. Welcome. Hi, I need a, I need a job so that I can get two guinea pigs. <laughs> I, you know, I, I believe most jobs are paying in cash these days uh, or, no. you know, check. No, I once I get a job, I can have a guinea pig. So I need a job. Yeah, I had a, I had a, you know, I had a similar thing uh, this week. We, you know, we we set uh, goals for ourselves, and I I promised myself that if I watched all four nights of the Republican debacle this week, I would treat myself to uh, Bill and Ted face the music on Friday. Oh, night. was it good? It was. It was most excellent. We will talk about that and more. But first, I do want to introduce our final panelist for the day, who is with us always. We are joined by comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason. Mr. Time and Ship is with us. Hello and welcome to you, sir. Um, power to the people, Dave. Uh, good to be here and uh, celebrating of uh, the March on Washington. Yeah. Yes, it is the uh, anniversary. It was the, yesterday, uh, 57 years since Martin Luther King marched on Washington. Uh, this week, 65 years since Emmett Till was murdered. And as I said, Bill and Ted have finally faced the music, which was excellent. You know, we're, we're just on the other topics. So sad to hear last night about Chadwick Boseman. Passed away 43 years old, uh stage four colon cancer. And the, the amazing thing is, is he's been fighting this for four years and four years. looking, looking at the, the movies that he's done in the time since, you know, he's been, since he started treatment and nobody knew about it, which, you know, his right. Uh, you want to go through something like this on your own terms and uh, so props to him for doing that and uh, just for, for all the, the great movies. Yeah, the you James check Pro- out his sketch on Wakanda. Uh, <laughs> on, uh, on Wakanda. <laughs> he was on Black Jeopardy on, on, on SNL. That was excellent. And I, I'm thinking this potato salad has something unnecessary, like raisins. <laughs> <laughs> so classic. Yeah, uh, he will be missed. It, you know, and it's one of those things. You, you look at the work that he's done thus far and you just think about like, you know, how much more and how much more greatness he could have brought. 
So, um, yeah, very, very sad to acknowledge that. As long as we're going over numbers, it is 66 days until the election. As of today, we've got 181,741 Americans dead from the coronavirus. Five point. Excuse me, uh, who are you? Oh, yeah, I haven't uh, didn't mention that. Thank you very much. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse. Uh, apparently so gracious, he forgets himself. Impending apocalypse, not to mention the current one. And uh, we're going through the numbers. Uh, we got 5.9 million confirmed cases of coronavirus here in America, which I'm guessing is going to be jumping even higher and yeah. much much more rapidly now that school is back in session in some places, despite uh, all the advice to the contrary. So we have a virus just raging across America. We have, we've got a horribly corrupt government also running rampant and they just emphasize their worst points for four days this past week. We have a new Bill and Ted movie And we have so much to talk about. But first, a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's Community Spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for a second peek. And as I mentioned uh, when we were doing the intros, the school year is starting and... I, you know, I, I know uh, a good number of folks with kids uh, and uh, have a good number of friends who are teachers from elementary school to university level. And it's it's just fascinating uh, talking to them, uh, the, the, the teacher people. I, I don't want to talk to the children. But, you know, talking to them about what's going on with the start of the school year and how they're doing things. My sister teaches... Uh, in in uh, North Carolina, she teaches university, and at the start of the semester, everything was supposed to be in class, and just like none of this ever happened. And then they started getting big clusters of of the coronavirus among the student body. And hey, what do you know? It's all being done online now. Yeah. And there, Rosie, you know, I, you, you talk about the, the little people in your house. Are they, are they doing all online? 
They're awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> LAUSD is all online. Other school districts are getting the okay to open, and I, I know people in New York and, and New Jersey, and apparently <clears throat> their school hasn't opened yet, but they're supposed to be some sort of hybrid or half days. I think the same thing's going to happen with universities. Anywhere that opens is just going to be like, oh, whoops, after like seven people get sick, and then they're going to go online again. Yeah. yeah. I think they're fooling themselves into thinking that they can have uh, in-person classes. It's so inevitable that we're going to have to go back to online, and I think it's just so silly that we have to keep going through this. Like, didn't we already reopen and then have to go back? Like, we know what's going to happen, and they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And I feel like that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, well, you know, and they say if you, if you, you know, learn from the past, you won't repeat your mistakes. And often, you know, that, and I know I butchered the, the actual cliche, but it's usually used to refer to, you know, history, things that happened decades, if not centuries ago, this is, this is, months weeks we are not learning from from what's just happening we're we're turning into fucking goldfish you know it's just like how they don't i mean we can't stop the behavior i mean the guys don't they our society does not believe that this shit is real they don't believe it and they don't they say well we'll like you know orange county just got opened up well we're off the list yeah but still you don't just rush back and Start slinging open doors and, you know, and, and not wearing your mask, not keeping your distance and boozing up. And these kids are throwing all these parties at the colleges. You brought up the college day. I mean, they, those guys, that's and they're taking it home to their parents. They don't understand. Dude, you're spreading this shit. Yeah, that was particularly delusional. The, the thought that, hey, you guys, we're, you're 18. You're just going to go to class and then sit in your room. No, they're in college. They're going <laughs> to. Although I, I kind of wish uh, Jim Coughlin was on this episode because we we were uh, at the University of Missouri at the same time, and I oh, really? I led the kind of life that leads to one getting their undergraduate degree in approximately seven years, whereas <laughs> Jim did not and graduated, you know, on what uh, most people would think of as a normal timeline, and like nine out of 10 times. Hey, Jim, when we were at Mizzou, did you ever? No, I went to class. I went home. I studied. I went to sleep. I woke up and I went to class in between all that. He, you know, he also, he did theater and he was in an improv group, which is, you know, how I originally uh, got to know him back in, uh, back in the college days. But yeah, that is uh, that is a results not typical kind of situation. Most uh, most college folks going to be out there doing the things that college folks do. Yeah, at UC Santa Barbara, uh, I was I n- it never ceased to amaze me the girls going out in those teeny tiny little body con dresses, like the the dresses that are just like just yeah, diaphanous silk, and it, like. Because this is at UCSB, so it was cold. I mean, for a California girl, it was cold in the winter because it actually does go down to the 30s when you're right yeah. in the bluffs by the ocean. That's yeah, a party school. It is a party school. And so it would be in the 30s, and you'd see these girls in, like, stripper heels and the teeny tiny dresses walking around Isla Vista, which is, like, the college little <laughs> community of all the houses and apartments where the students live. They'd just be walking around drunk like nothing. 
no jacket. Um, like, what? So if they can't even, like, keep themselves from getting fucking regular pneumonia. Sorry for <laughs> they Sorry, we're allowed to say pneumonia. From regular pneumonia. They, they can't even protect themselves from chlamydia. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I, I worked I, in I, probation. They I'm, couldn't pronounce chlamydia. Well, I was going to say, I'm not that kind of doctor, but I don't think you can get chlamydia from walking around without a jacket in cold weather. I, I not directly there, but <laughs> there's yeah it's eventually down the line it's more yeah but i i think a lot of the topics a lot of the the things that we're talking about thus far on the show it it goes to the republican convention this week because in order to believe the things that they were saying you would have to completely ignore or deny the reality that's happening just outside our front doors. Uh, Larry, Larry Kudlow, yeah, the, the economic advisor who oh, that jackass. back in April said, Oh yeah, we got this thing licked. It's, you know, airtight seal, practically airtight. And he, as well as pretty much everyone else that even, you know, mentioned the coronavirus, which there weren't that many people, but they all talked about it like it was a thing of the past. And, you know, looking at Trump's speech on on the last night, on Thursday night, looking at the crowd, no social distancing, very, very few masks. And I, I'm holding my judgment for two weeks because that is the incubation period. But, you know, it's like, who wants to be the next Herman Cain? Was that the theme of the speech? Because folks, folks who were there are going to get the Rona. We're going to see it. Well, they had, they had the VA guys sitting up front. Mm-hmm. You know, they had all these different folks. And did you see uh, Giuliani? Giuliani looked like he's, you know, he's got one foot on the banana pill and one in the coffin, too. You know, I mean, he looked like he's ready to go. <laughs> oh, he was sweating his nards. He was sweating like the proverbial whore in church. Yeah, there was a there was a piece about Trump. The Secret Service keeps getting walloped with the coronavirus, trying to protect him. Yeah, right? and, and and they're like they're, under orders not to let that out because they don't want the president to get mad. I, you know what? I think they should. They should tell everybody, and let's just see Trump decide to forgo his Secret Service detail. <laughs> detail. And well, it's the same thing as uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what's her name? There's a piece about Kimberly Guilfoyle bringing Corona places. And then those poor staffers got stuck in South uh, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you imagine working for the Trump administration to have or the campaign and then being like, OK, I guess now we live in this motel in South Dakota <laughs> where there's no one. I, I am amazed they aren't just shooting the campaign staffers, like treating them like racehorses with broken legs. Oh, yeah, I think this is uh, Fauci told us to do this, so we're, we're just going to take you out back in the Motel 6 and shoot you. Uh, it's a great thing about Well, they're not even following their own guidelines. I mean, they, they threw that out the window, and now they're bringing out fake guidelines, which they got in trouble for because they said that Dr. Fauci said that Fauci's been sitting up. You know, oh, he was with, actually you know, in surgery. surgery. Yeah, right. he was he was being operated on when they released these new guidelines. So, yeah, nothing to do. But one of the big topics in the news this week has been the Hatch Act. 
which is what prevents or is supposed to prevent government officials from using government resources for campaigning purposes. And the, the Republican line on this is, oh, nobody cares about that. And I'm certainly not an absolutist on most things. But I don't understand how you, well, I do understand, and it has nothing to do with the message, it has more to do with the audience, but I really, it boggles me how they have the temerity to stand up there and talk about law and order, and and they are the party, and these are the people that are bringing us law and order, and they can't even follow the basic simple laws, they, like, they think they are above the law. They act as if the laws do not exist for them. And from that podium, they, they preach law and order. And it's, you know, it's like, if you can't even do it in the most basic ways, how, how are you supposed to actually be enforcing law and order? And then, you know, you realize like, well, when they say law and order, it's like when Trump says fair. You know, when he says it's uh, this is unfair, it's like, well, unfair means just not beneficial to Donald Trump when he says it. Right. And similarly, it's, you know, it's the whole idea that when we say law and order, it means keeping the black man down, shoot, shooting, oh. shooting a black guy in the back seven oh. times at point blank range. And doing nothing when a white kid with an AR-15 shoots two unarmed protesters. And so, yeah, the the thing that boggles my mind is not how they can do this because it's all about their audience. And, uh, you know, I know I've never been one to adhere to the line that you can't call them stupid. They're fucking idiots. I mean, they are. That was one of the other things about Trump's speech on Thursday night. It was so long-winded. It felt like a state of the union. I kept expecting to hear the state of the union is strong denial. <laughs> well, he did the, uh, this, this one was actually longer than his last one when he had his inaugural dress and they never make any sense. They're just rambling. Oh, he was putting himself to sleep. You know, he, you t- he loves to call other people sleepy and low energy. The dude was fucking leaning on the podium because he was boring the shit out of himself. His delivery. It's like, I, I think he's starting to realize the old lies just don't work anymore. And, you know, that's one of the other things. L- lower rated than not only the past like three Republican conventions, but lower rated than Joe Biden's Democratic convention. Because it's well, a, it's a rerun. It's a fucking rerun. They have nothing new to say. It's all just... Anymore. Nothing of it makes sense because they're like, Trump has done an amazing job, but the Democrats have caused us to not be able to do anything. The world is in a horrible situation, but Trump has done a great job, but it's horrible because of the Democrats, but right. it's amazing and it's better than it's ever have been. And I'm like, well, which, <laughs> what, what is it then? Is it great or is it horrible? Because it can't be both. It's, it's one or the other. You guys pick one. Like, Sh- and it's obviously candidate. not great because everybody's doing horribly because of coronavirus. So it's like they took their speeches that they wrote six months. Oh, 
what is it, August? It's like they took their speeches that they wrote a year ago, and then they just are doing them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and forgot coronavirus ever happened. Like, oh, we're gonna, oh, the, uh, the ec- economies are gonna collapse in U.S. cities if Biden gets reelected. Um, they're currently that's already collapsed. the case where it is. But yeah. How how much worse does it get? Like, aren't you preventing stimulus, dude? Like, his party is keeping there from being stimulus. So, well, and that's one of the things we were talking out. about on the show last week. Is that with the Republicans, you know? And I mean, Congress as a whole isn't doing anything. I can't believe they took their breaks. Well, you know, we're in the midst of the pandemic, the uh, relief for citizens has vanished like a miracle. It just, it disappeared. And the, the GOP plan, I mean, you know, props to the, the Democrats who have something the house passed months ago, that's been sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. But the, the fact is the Republicans are putting forth a plan that doesn't include stimulus money for cities and states. And therefore, it's the Republicans who are literally defunding the police. Which, you know, they love to... And I mean, obviously, you know, the Democrats and definitely the the far left portion of, of the Democratic contingency... Is, is more interested in literally defunding the police than when you get to, you know, the actual well, the, guy the, the who's going to be... Defund, is, I mean, that, that's well, right, right. Where all this well, guy, that was the wrong word to use. But no, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's Joe good. Joe Biden doesn't believe I think in defunding anything. Right, exactly. But I think it's good because much in the way that people like to say, well, you know, one good thing about Donald Trump being president is it's brought all this racism out into the open. That, that people just <laughs> didn't know it was there. It's like, motherfucker, we all knew it was there. But that's the, the one thing because, yeah, I think, using the phrase defund the police in one respect, it does promote the wrong idea and it does come off as very extreme, but in that Trump is exposed to all the racism that we didn't know kind of thing. It does open the conversation. You say defund the police, you know, some Trump, Oh, you're horrible. And that does give you the opportunity to explain what it actually means. Not saying you're going to change the minds of the Trump person who's reality deficient, but for anyone else who's delighted to be in the presence of yet another political debate, you know, they, they have the opportunity to either learn or have the message reinforced of what defund the police actually means. Well, I mean, I think when you look at what the governor of uh, Wisconsin stated, and he's been one governor that, I mean, he, I mean, then the lieutenant governor backed up what he said. You know, I mean, when you when you look at what he came out with and, and stated that this this problem has been here for years, and he's talking about Wisconsin, but he's basically saying society itself, it's been there, this festering, and Trump is raising it up. But then again, when you raise it up. You're either going to deal with it or you're not. And I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people said, you know what? Now is the time to deal with it because more stuff is still happening. It's opening a lot of doors. This pandemic has shown the inequality that's showing on in our, in our society. 
here's what I, I have the problem with this. I, I don't agree that it's a good thing that it's brought it up or that it's suddenly showing because I think he's brought it back. Mm-hmm. I know it was never completely gone. I get that, right? I completely understand. But he's made it okay to be just ravenously awful and not only racist, <laughs> but openly encourage people to shoot liberals. And that is not the price I'm willing to pay. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. We're a little bit more enlightened. We were already woke. We already knew about this shit. Were you even watching Key and Peele, everyone? Like, like the entire, we had an entire sketch comedy show pretty much devoted to every episode. Every other sketch was like, and by the way, black people get shot (laughs) by the cops. Hello. So I watched every single episode back to back. I love that show. Um, yeah, it's- but I don't. I don't feel personally, from my observation, like we're that much more aware that black people are getting shot. We already knew. We already had rioting when it happened in Ferguson under Obama. We had stuff in Baltimore. This isn't helping. And frankly, I think the the rioting and whatnot, which they say, okay, I'll put it out there. Yeah, they say it's being instigated by cops. Maybe it is. I'm not there. I don't know visually with my eyes. Sometimes it probably is. I also know from my Facebook feed that uh, some people went into that fully planning to riot. I also know from my Twitter feed that people were like, fuck yeah, let's burn down cop cars. So, no. No, it wasn't all the cops and everybody wanted to be perfect little angels. That's not true either. My point is that all this nonsense is not going to help us. It's not helping us at all. We're going to get a new Trump. We're going to lose Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We're going to have everything become more racist as people get. It's more acceptable. We have that Kyle Rittenauer guy who walked around with a rifle and people were okay with it because he and his family were like, we're just going to go shoot liberals. I know that's not what they said, but let's read between the lines here. We know that that's what that's what was going on. But but there again, uh, yeah, it, it's um, it's fear. It's fear. With I mean, you can go all the way back to the. I, I I was reading about the city I grew up in, East St. Louis, Illinois. They had a riot in 1917. That riot was over jobs because black guys were getting job. Black people were getting jobs. This is this whole they've been selling fear for so long. That's all. I mean, that's all the the lynchings were about. Wait, are you? I mean, as I, I've had the, I've had all the the discussions with people that. They say, well, well, you know, you know, why can't you know? There's no systemic racism. There's no problem. <laughs> well, okay. Well, well and they say that in the same the breath. Black that towns were burned down. They, why all the black towns? They say, well, black people need to do this. We did everything you asked us to do. We even didn't want to be around you during segregation. We built our own towns. Somebody burned them down. They happened to be white. They burned weird. them to the ground. I think it's I mean, people. History. They're not taught that history. That's a problem. I can't believe I didn't learn that until after college. I didn't even learn it in college. And that's but that was by design. That was by design. You were not supposed to know. No one was. That's why they were they, this whole thing about the the uh, Confederate statues. Those statues came out in the 1920s as they were burning down and using intimate domain to take land from black folks. And I mean, they had they had towns. They were building their own cities, building their own schools. They were burned to the ground. They were. I mean, you had over five thousand lynchings. Come on. I mean, it's like 
this stuff is not new. And it's so and it was always what you see with that young white kid running around with an AR-15 afraid. That is nothing but fear. What the hell do you need an AR-15 for? Brothers even in the hood don't even walk around with an AR-15 <laughs> and they fighting in gangs all the fucking time. What does this punk ass do need an AR-15 for at 17? Freedom. In your little 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 <laughs> white neighborhood. And, and there again, freedom. Like someone's judging you on your color. You're well, not you, getting you judged know, by the color of your skin. You say he's walking around his, his white neighborhood. And I, I don't know if you heard. But as as many of the speakers at the Republican Nationalist Convention informed me this week, Biden wants to abolish the suburbs, Uh, which that's that, you know, that's one of the things that going back to how this all comes down to how stupid his supporters are. You know, I was was, was I watching Uh, Bill Maher last night was talking about how they're saying uh, that Biden wants to destroy the suburbs. And, I mean, still, not even within the realm of plausibility, but destroy the suburbs is something that I can actually see people who live in the suburbs being afraid of. Like, they don't want their house and their neighborhood destroyed. Abolish the suburbs, though? That I mean, that is so patently ridiculous like yes we are we're going to pass laws uh insisting that there will no longer be suburbs uh everything is just it's just gonna be city and country because that's all we have the brain space for well uh, you know dave if we know if we know the history of the suburbs that the history of the suburbs where black folks were not allowed to live in the suburbs they were built for white folks and if you did let a black person move in they were they ran him out or her out they ran out whole families didn't matter if you were a lawyer, doctor, you know, it has a history. That's, that's oh, yeah. flat out redlining. Mm-hmm. All these different things uh, that they, they put together covenants that they would write to say that you cannot allow blacks to move in these neighborhoods. Projects. People talk about the projects. The projects were built for white people right after World War II. They were built for poor whites, but blacks were not allowed to move into them. Once they finally got, they did white flight. Then they were able to move in just the same. But now suburbs are full of people of different races all over. I mean, you know, go to Lancaster, Lancaster, any of them, uh, San Bernardino. They're not predominantly white. That's, that's gone. And you got people from all different nationalities living in suburbs. You know, it's not true. I don't know where they got that from, but uh, no. I don't know if you heard this, though. Uh, the Biden campaign has said that in suburbs, the new national anthem that will be taught to students is WAP and girls will be taught how to stripper dance as an elective. That's a new thing. You know, this is, this is like taco trucks on every corner. They just, that's basically what Republicans are going to try to say, but that's, that's what Biden's teaching people because they're so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, but like I was saying, that's, it's like the taco trucks on every corner. If Hillary gets elected, like, why is that a bad thing? Like, I mean, okay, maybe, you know, high school girls work in the stripper pole. Maybe not the best. But in Trump's America, I, I, I mean, imagine but you it know would what? Be. They could have been yelling because they, they, they should start yelling, lock him up, lock him up. Because remember, he really, that was the biggest con in the world. He turned around and stated, lock her up. And he was basically letting you know, I'm the real criminal. I'm the real crook. She's not, but we're going to make you believe it. I'm the one. 
You got the crook calling someone a crook. When I am the actual crook, I am the number one crook in the land. And I will show you. That's why I have seven people around me that have, uh, that have all been indicted. Well, and again, going back to, I mean, that, yeah, you are absolutely correct. And going back to the messaging of, of the Nationalist Convention this week, I, one of the things I thought was interesting was the, uh, the intro video for, for former Notre Dame coach, uh, now oh, disavowed by the, the university. Luke Holtz. Holtz was incomprehensible on football like 10, 20 years ago. Well, right. And, it, and his, his dentures were definitely slipping uh, this week. <laughs> but even, even Notre Dame was like, yeah, we're, we're not with him. Uh, <laughs> But the the sizzle, he, went after, he went after Biden for being a Catholic. Yeah, well, really? I, Catholic in name only. You know, even though like that's that see, and that's one of the other things. Like Biden is an actual church going religious guy. Trump makes it to church just for the photo ops, and it's ridiculous. But what I was what I was getting at was the the intro video for Lou Holtz was all about sports and the importance of sports in America. You know, it looked like a Hitler, you know, Munich Olympics kind of, not 72, the the old ones. But, it, you know, it was, it was this whole, like, Leany Reifenstahl kind of reel on, on American athletes. And going back to what I was saying about if you believed any of that shit, you had to be in complete denial of what's happening outside your front door. Every major team sports league, the the athletes were on strike that night. Playoff games, not happening. Baseball games, not happening. Even hockey games. By that point, the NHL was a little late to the, to the player strike, but they did join in. There, yeah. there were no sports in America that night as a protest against police brutality, systemic racism, and the almost ritualized murder of unarmed black people by police officers. And what's the Republican National Convention doing? Hey, sports. You like sports, don't you? Sports. Well, one of the guys that one of my uh, friends said to me, well, you know, Ty, if he just did what the cop told him to do, if Blake would have just did what the cop, I said, you got five dudes on one guy and you can't get cuffs on him. Ain't like he's some, you know, he's not the rock. He wasn't the rock. And then he gets up and walks away from you. He's reaching. His kids are also in the back and you pump seven bullets in his back. And then you got a, a white kid running down the street with an AR-15, and he didn't get shot at all. And you got Trump, who didn't even, he didn't call the Blake family. He didn't speak to him. He hasn't spoke to anyone. But yet you got these people on you that saying, well, yeah, you know, it's just horrible what happened to her. There are people, it's horrible, this and that. No. Well, you know, that's because despite what you may have heard from his family members and employees who are dependent on him for jobs, which really made up the the bulk of the uh, key speakers at the convention this week, you just don't know him. That was the other thing that resonated with me throughout the week. Well, a couple of the things because of the repeated messaging is roundabout. 
I don't know, maybe it was like mid-Wednesday, I just started thinking, if you need this many people to come on TV and insist that you're not a racist, probably a racist. And with all the, all the speeches, particularly coming from women, saying this isn't the Donald Trump you know, that I know you, you're, you you know, it just, it felt like every abusive relationship, every woman who's involved in an abusive relationship that I've ever heard either in reality or depicted on, on film or in television. You just, you just don't know him. He's, he's really a good guy. (laughs) He just, you know, has a bad habit of throwing me in the walls. We seen her. We hadn't seen her. And it's almost like she, he let her out of the attic, and she came walking down. And all I could think which one, Melania? Doing her speech. Uh, what's her name? Is that Ivanka which, Melania? I, well, I don't know yeah, which they. I mean, they both spoke. One of those. Uh, the one he's allegedly one fucking, or the one he wants to be fucking? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Melania. I, they let her out, and she. Um, I didn't understand anything. But I still, a like, better speaker than him. Yeah. Just be best. Like I feel like if you have to have that many of your family members speak for you, it's kind of like when you have to have your mom take you to the dance. Like, <laughs> well, it's also like that's what a monarchy is. That's what it's been saying the whole time. That, that monarchies where where you have your 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 family as your key supporters and and uh, ministers. That's not what a democracy looks like. I agree. Uh, yeah, they don't even mention. It. I mean, oh no, I was gonna get back Pence. What was up with that dude? That that guy told more lies. They fat checked him on. Well, they fat checked all of them actually, and they were throwing the lies out left and right. CNN was on it, and so was MSNBC. They were they were definitely catching him in a thou- the lies. There was something about none of that the- matters because Republicans <laughs> are like, yeah, the fact checkers are lying. Yeah, so we're in this horrible post truth dystopia. It's I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah, it's ni- nineteen eighty four was supposed to be a cautionary tale, not a not an instructional manual. But we are we are at that point where the the government is telling you to deny what you're seeing with your own eyes, what you're hearing with your own ears. That's that's their final and most important command. You know, Tommy, you're talking about Pence's speech. And going back to the whole Hatch Act thing, because he spoke at uh what is it, Fort McHenry? Yep, he wasn't supposed to be there either. Yeah, it is It is closed to the public. And I think it was during Ivanka's speech when she said, in my dad's eyes, you guys are the elites. And of course, you know, you're going you're gonna to tell yourself that the people who surround you are the ones who should be respected because the reality doesn't really come out that flattering for you. But the, the Hatch Act, the Pence thing, speaking at Fort McHenry, and I realized, you know, a lot of people, even Democrats and liberals, don't really care about the Hatch Act. It's it's a relatively minor law. And so the way you have to put this is look at what happened when uh, Chris Christie closed the bridges, uh, the, the bridges, the beaches down when he was right. governor. And then he and his family were all alone on what would normally be a public beach. That's, that's the angle the Democrats need to take. Like, you know, fuck, fuck the hatch act because at this point people are relatively immune to the idea that, yeah, Trump breaks laws. It's what he does. 
So, you know, frame it that he is taking something and he and his administration, they are taking stuff that is yours that you should be able to have, but you can't because they're taking it all for themselves. That is something that is a lot easier for people to understand than the Hatch Act. I think that they're just so we're so used to him walking the line of criminality and minor criminality that people are just like, okay, well, it's just another thing. Exactly. Right? So just, take that framing out of it. it. People never cared, though. He was always someone who kind of broke laws. He was always a piece of shit asshole who was not paying people for their work. He's been this since 2016. We already knew this, and I'm not surprised that his followers don't care about the Hatch Act. Of course they don't care about and They don't care about anything except for Republicans winning, keeping women from having abortions, and becoming more fascist. But don't call them fascist because they don't accept that. That's but that's cancel culture. <laughs> it's about it's about winning. It's about shitting on Democrats. The laws don't even matter anymore because the laws only apply to the Democrats. You know, only only Biden is corrupt because his son Hunter had that one job in Ukraine. Never mind that his entire family is running his administration. That's like, yeah, and making a shitload of money. I mean, I I think Jared Kushner and Ivanka has made about $192 million. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's I remember insane. seeing the figure. It it just bothered me so much I didn't remember it. But that, the I mean... I'm nepotism while there's six of that guy's family members on the speaker lineup. like With no experience. None. Yeah, and I mean... Not, no experience of anything they're doing. Pam Bondi, who the... She was the former attorney general of Florida who is also the one who dropped the state's case against Trump University after Donald Trump gave her, a tw- uh, well, the Donald Trump Foundation, he paid for it out of his charity, uh, gave her a $25,000 campaign uh, donation. She was, the one, she was the one who they brought out to talk about corruption and to, to talk about Joe Biden's corrupt family and nepotism. And it's, yeah, people, there are actually people who believe this, who who don't see the truth of what's going on. And right. these people vote. Sad but true. Hopefully, you know, we're going to lose a lot of them to the Rona because they keep, you know, <laughs> disregarding. Well, you know, they have, uh, I, I thought it was great that the NBA is going to open up some, open up their spots to, um, yeah, voting. Uh, every every NBA arena is going to be a polling place. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that, so, I mean, that's what, but see, that's what I'm saying when you start using, use your platform that you have in the right way to help the people. And people say, oh, it's not you. You got to keep politics out of sports. Well, it would be that way. But when I got something, I, you know, as a sports figure, you're making money off of these people. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to say something and well, I'm going to, and if, if, if that it's going to clear up a situation, if I can build a school, if I can make a neighborhood better then Hey, then it and do the, that. the and thing is you have to keep saying it because we get these little glimpses like, Oh, Hey, yeah. The NBA, the, the owners have, have come around They're They're making every stadium into a polling place. Well, that, that doesn't mean they're woke. That means no. they they know where their money's coming from and they want to please the fans. 
and they they definitely want to please their players because you know these guys go on strike we gotta we gotta watch a bunch of scabs playing bunch of white boys i mean like did you see there's i think there's one college football game happening this weekend and it's they're they're basically correspondence schools you know it's it's like i didn't even know this was a school and i wouldn't think they would even have an athletic department and this is this is what is going to happen so the the team owners know that they have to they have to give a little bit to their athletes you know they they know that they don't want another colin kaepernick thing except where everybody is colin kaepernick Uh (laughs) so you know not not going to be too good for business and that's there's i'm not going to call him out by name because i i don't want to promote him but there's there's another comedian a friend of mine i i'm sure y'all know him if you're not already friends but he's on the the ultra left wing of things and he's talking about how you can tell how far to the right the democratic party has gone because of all these republicans who are seeking shelter in the democratic party and it's like no they aren't becoming democrats (laughs) they realize that if america and the world is destroyed they aren't going to have anyone to sell their shit to so they're they're not coming around politically they are covering their own asses and to mm-hmm. mistake it for anything else is ridiculous, which is why, you know, I started this whole long thing, you know, coming off what Timon said is that, yeah, you, you have to, to point it out and you have to say Black Lives Matter and you have to make sure that they keep saying it. You know, and the athletes need to stay on the, the toes of their bosses and the fans need to stay on the owner's toes also and make sure that this isn't just a one-time thing that it isn't hey you know yeah let's let's throw some red meat to the liberals and the blacks and maybe they'll get off our asses and we can just go back to business as usual one thing that should be abundantly clear at this point in in the trump regime as well as in this point in the the coronavirus pandemic in America, things are not going back to normal. When when things do relax politically and and health wise and in the multitude of ways they're intertwined, things will calm down. Things will settle, but there will be a new normal. What like life before Trump and life before Corona? It's it's a fantasy for some future. But in the meantime, reality is harsh. Let's do what we can to make it less harsh. And part of that is doing what is right, not in a moral sense, but in a straight up factual scientific sense. The economy is not going to come back until we stop the spread of the virus. How do you stop the spread of the virus? Well, vaccine, don't have one yet. Um, I guess people could wear masks and, and practice better <laughs> hygiene. Right. Yeah. It's, it's putting the cart before the horse 
we we've tried that in we we tried putting the cart next to the horse we tried putting the cart under the horse on top of the horse totally disastrous maybe if we put the horse in front of the cart we're actually going to see some results for you know the multitude of reasons between rugged individualism and and straight up ignorance we're we're a long way from from getting the horse and the cart in the right positions. So until that happens, to put it in uh, the the phrasing that Roger Waters made famous oh so many years ago, how can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? Yeah. <laughs> Wall I, reference. I, I, Agree. I think I agree. I'm pretty sure I agree. <laughs> well, the the whole idea that it's there's there's an order in which yeah. things must be done in order to move forward. <laughs> and if you don't, if you try and skip steps, you know, Kat. Actually, I think it was last time. I don't know if it was last time you both were on, which was uh, it was July Fourth, or just last time Cat was on. But you know, we were talking about these uh, vaccines that are being rushed through development. And, you know, like I said, then I don't I don't even put a new operating system on my phone until it's like on the second or third. OK, yeah, we, we got. All right, no, we really got the bugs out. Like I am not going to get any vaccine until at least the third wave. Yeah, it's going to be a while until we're back. And, and you're right. It's a new normal. And we have to slowly open up like super super duper slowly and have people actually comply with the mask stuff before we even make progress because the vaccine thing is people aren't even going to take the vaccine at first they're having a hard time recruiting people for the trials like if they can't even recruit people from the trial like can't get 30,000 people to take the vaccine at this point how are we going to get millions of people to take the vaccine later it it's well, going to be I, a while you know what honestly i think the way we're going to get people to do it in the future and fingers crossed see what happens november 3rd but when we have responsible and more trustworthy leadership you know i mean calm, it's it's like calm leadership well it not just the calm but i mean it's the trustworthy it's it's the difference between your mom asking if you want some candy and some freak who rolls up in a windowless van asking you if you want some candy one, you're you're like pretty sure that candy's going to be safe, and that that would be the mom candy, by the way. What amazes me is that people in any other crisis, uh, a a president would have done some sort of fireside chat or a series of them, and Trump is just happy to let the world burn and not make any comment because it plays into his his election strategy. But, I mean, even Bush, both of them would have been on the air and explaining things, just seated down and, and talking to the American people. This is the exact time where you actually talk to the American people and, and have a, what's his name, um, Rodney King, we're all stuck here for a moment, let's all just try to get along moment, you know, to try to calm things down. And Trump is just like, nah, let the streets burn. <laughs> like, people have totally lost totally lost the perspective that this is not what normal is supposed to look like even if it's on the other side they would still do that mm -hmm. 
they're they're saying also this is my sister told me and I, I haven't been able to find the article yet so probably shouldn't even mention it but have you guys heard about this that um jared kushner came up with a testing plan earlier on and that then they it went into thin air when they saw that it was democrat states that were getting the virus yeah oh yeah i heard that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was and that yeah, I'll find the article and send it to you. It's I've I've got it like, in. No, I think the Flipboard Jared from like three like, we weeks ago. That because it's it's only Democrats are going to die. We're so beyond where we used to be. You know, in the Bush era, at least it was. You know, at the end of the day, we're all Americans together. Like you said, he would have had the fireside chats and sat down and been like grandfatherly or fatherly, what have you. And we still cared about each other. Like we wouldn't just let a bunch of Democrats die of a pandemic yeah. disease. Because they're Democrats, what? Yeah, I mean they they were quoting Ronald Reagan. Trump was. I said if Reagan was alive, he would shoot you himself. <laughs> he would have said, "What the? They either lost it. There's no way Ronald Reagan. Like, dude, what are you doing? You know, Ronald Reagan. No, Ronald Reagan would have would have been in, embracing Trump. It wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't embrace uh, Pence. None of them. Pence maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it it is the i think the ultimate expression of the us versus them mentality and the the refusal to see america as diverse you can have diversity without divisiveness but it's it's sometimes it's hard you got to work for it and right. that's Remember when you convince people to be nice to gays by like having a cool TV show about them, <laughs> and like the like, TV show could like bring people together, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, look! It's I'm talking about Modern Family. Oh look, like it's a cute gay couple, and one's chubby and one's skinny, and they're both adorable, and they're raising an Asian daughter. I suddenly feel warm-hearted towards gay people, and then like their their political views would change, and suddenly they would support gay marriage." Like that, that used to somehow work, like to touch people's hearts and minds. And now people don't have hearts. <laughs> and very few of them have minds. <laughs> Usually. So you're saying they're hollow. They that's, are hollow. That's, that's a nice way of putting it. Uh, we, you know. Like, what are we going to show them? A TV show like Grey's Anatomy or something where we're like, look, a bunch of educated liberals are nice people. And they feel have feelings too. I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe just do like a Clockwork Orange Ludovico technique. You know, where we strap them into chairs, clamp their eyes open, and make them watch reruns of Family Ties and Modern Family and Love Sydney. I, I don't know what we would show them to make them just think regular people were people. You know what I mean? Right. There's that Depeche Mode song. People. Are people. So why should it be? Yeah, that's ah. Uh, I don't know. You know, so we, we're, I guess, we're, we're getting near the end of the show. Uh, we're getting into the pop culture thing. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned that I rewarded myself for watching four nights of the Republican Nationalist Convention by uh, doing the video on demand, Bill and Ted Face the Music, last night. And obviously, being a Bill and Ted movie, you know there's going to be like a certain amount of just stupidity. But, like, fun stupidity, not, like, vapidness. And that was definitely there. But it was it was just a really, like, touching and heartwarming kind of movie 
that hit a lot of the notes, like from the original, and some some really cool stuff. Because uh, if yeah, if you saw the original, uh, the first two movies, George Carlin played their time traveling guide Rufus, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, sadly he's not here anymore. But uh, Kristen Schaal plays Rufus's daughter, and the character's name is Kelly which is also the name of uh, George Carlin's daughter. And, you know, she's does uh, stand up and has her one woman show growing up Carlin that she's uh, toured with. And she's I mean, done a lot more, but yeah, I thought that was like a really cool little, you know, nod to, uh, to George Carlin and his legacy back in the original movies. And uh, yeah, it just, it, it was ridiculous and optimistic and, and funny. So uh, I I would recommend it. It's yeah, it's just a you know. I was going to say that for me, after watching the um, Republicans, someone actually put the the amazing clip and one of the greatest uh, SNL clips, Richard Pryor and Chevy Chase doing the, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> doing word association the, job interview. The word association for the job for a janitorial job. You that shit you can't I don't th- you, I don't think you could do it today, maybe on cable you could probably do it, but I saw that and that made my day. I laughed my ass because <laughs> I had seen that so long. Have you seen it, Cat? I have not. Okay, you, oh, like Kat. as soon yeah, as we're yeah. done recording, yeah, like just it's probably on YouTube. Uh, but do uh, Chevy Chase Richard Pryor job interview or word association. It is it is brilliant and Richard Pryor's delivery. Oh, it's <laughs> out of when, he, when he first started asking him questions, oh we're gonna have and he was he explains it very well. Chevy Chase explains it very well what about to happen. Richard's like, okay, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean just both of them. The the delivery is great. Cat, you need to see it. I, I, we we will talk about it no more because anything else could be a spoiler. It's just yeah. it's brilliant, uh, and I think that was the second episode of SNL, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, was it? Man. Oh, wow. Yeah, Carlin Carlin hosted the uh, the first, and maybe it wasn't yeah. the second. It was it was, but it was early on. It was the uh, the first episode, I think, where they used a tape delay. So technically it wasn't live. It's I'm getting a lot of things mixed up in my head. But hey, it's Saturday and that's what we do. We mix things up. And uh I I just I guess I want to say it's it's been fun mixing it up with the three of you this week. Actually one more thing. Like because we did mention the the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, another thing that you should definitely watch ideally this weekend if you haven't seen it is he gave the commencement address to uh, the the graduating class at his alma mater, Howard University. I think it was two years ago. It might have been last year, but I'm pretty sure it was 2018. And it is just such an amazing speech, not only, you know, for the content about, you know, what it is to to be black in America, but it's it's specifically about entertainment. And yeah, the the whole idea that you know people, oh, I think you know, 
comedians should stay out of politics and and actors should just like do that and basketball players need to dribble and shut up. He just has a great personal story that explains why as artists and athletes, like you need to be political. You need to use your platform because otherwise your platform is just going to use you. So on that happy note, (laughs) I want to thank you guys for being with us. It has been such a great time. David Rosie Rosenberg, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or if, if you're yeah, braving you the in-person Watch my videos realm. on Instagram at, at rosiepigs, R-O-S-I-E-P-I-G-S. And you can uh, watch me troll QAnons on uh, Twitter. And that's at rosiepigs as well, though I do less of it because in deference to my lady, I took Twitter off my phone. So, because <laughs> it was getting a bit much. The things we do for love. Well, yeah. Yep. Otherwise, I ain't got nothing much going on. I'm going to get married and raise these kids. Mazel tov. Well, uh, Thanks. Look, looking forward to that and looking forward to having you back on the show. It is always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rosie. Cat Alvarado, always a pleasure. Already looking forward to the next time. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you got going on on the interwebs or in the real life space? I can't tell you enough. Follow me on Instagram at the cat Alvarado, cat with a C and watch my Instagram stories. That's where you can find all of my shows. You can find all of my zoom shows, my live shows. I'm doing live shows by the way. So if you're in the LA area and you have a mask and you're willing to go outside and you're not living with old people or people who are at risk, (laughs) you can go to a live outdoor socially distanced show. It's pretty safe. So far, so good. <laughs> so far, I encourage you to go, but make sure if you do go to a socially distanced comedy show, make sure that they're being responsible because there are some that are not. So, you know, make sure they're actually taking social distance precautions, sitting people apart from each other. A lot of them, they take the temperature at the door um, and they have masks required. Occasionally I go to one where the masks aren't required and I'm like, oh, this one's being thrown by Republicans. I should leave. Uh, <laughs> Maybe don't go to those because those might be a little bit iffier. But yeah, so follow me on on Instagram and watch my IG stories. Right on. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for being with us, Kat. Always a pleasure. Mr. Time and Ship, always wonderful to have you here with us. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on on the interwebs or in real life? You can catch me at Time and Ship at Facebook, Time and Ship at Instagram, and Time and Ship at Twitter. I also you get my book, which I had two people, I had two more people buy my book, which was great. My East St. Louis on Amazon.com, as well as my comedy CD, Universal Brother, is also on iTunes and Spotify. Right on. Yay. Well, thank you for being with us. Looking forward to seeing you again this place next week me i'm dr david robinson you can find me on the socials on facebook i am dr david robinson and on the twitter i am at stand up fall down if you've made it this far into the show you probably already know but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on facebook we are let's be treasonable all spelled out and 
on the Twitter. We are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, want to thank you for listening. If you like the show, tell everybody you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening, even on the platforms where you're not listening, if you have the time to spare. If you didn't like it, that's fine. Keep it to yourself. You don't tell anyone, we won't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. We will be back next week. Hopefully you will too. Until then, goodbye! Goodbye! Goodbye!